For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, fellas? Welcome back to Convos Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. Today, we are talking to my girl, Allie Ostrander. You guys know that she's already been on the podcast quite a few times, but she's just so fun to talk to, and I had to get her on again. The last episode that we had with her and Spencer was so fun. I just needed to have her on the podcast again. We talk about a lot of different things in this episode, so stay tuned. And also, this episode is going to be the last episode... What is this? Season 3, season 4? I forgot, but it's the last episode of the season. I'm going to take a week off next week because I just need to rest my little tiny vocal cords. That doesn't even make any sense. But um, yeah, I'm just going to take a break next week, but then we'll be back the week after that, so stay tuned for that. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my favorite sponsors, Open. Let's talk about Open. It's a digital mindfulness platform combining breathwork, meditation, and movement. Most people know these days that I have high cortisol levels, which is the stress hormone. And I will say, starting my day with the Open app, whether that's a breathwork class or meditation for me, is so important. And it's helped me so much just feel calm at the beginning of the day when usually I feel quite wired and anxious. This morning I did an energizing breath class. It was only six minutes long and I just literally started my day off on the perfect note. One of my favorite things to do also when I'm winding down for the day is one of the movement classes. Like last night I did the shake off your day. It was 10 minutes of just a quick like yoga session. And I find that when I stretch right before bed, it helps me sleep so much better. I don't know what that is, what goes into that, but literally when I do one of these classes before bed, I fall right asleep. I think just like feeling grounded, and just at peace with my body just makes me feel so much better before going to bed. And the classes are really natural and calm and it really feels like the teacher is right in the room with you. It's designed for all levels. I'm by no means an expert in meditation or breath work. I'm definitely a beginner, but it's been so perfect for me because the classes, like I said, are five to 20 minutes long. The app also has live classes, which are amazing because if you want to set something in your schedule, it's so perfect. And you can also bring a friend to any class with unlimited guest passes on the app. So. Let's take a class together. Open is giving combos over cold brew listeners 30 days free when you visit withopen.com slash cold brew. Again, you can join me on open by going to withopen.com slash cold brew. The link is in the show notes. Let me know what y'all think. I'll see you in class. Now let's get into today's episode with Allie.
Okay, we're back at it again with Alio on the podcast. And Ali, I wish we were, I wish I recorded video. I mean, I do record video, but I don't really post it. I wish I was recording video this time because literally Ali's like doing yoga on her roof right now. I'm just doing a bit of a stretching routine, you know? I actually, um, you should feel special because I do this um, during therapy as well. My therapist is like, oh, the stretching routine again. And I'm like, Yes, because I feel like using this time to physically and mentally fix myself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad that you think of this as a therapy session because, (laughs) I mean, well, actually, just before we started this, I was already venting to Allie. So I guess it is my therapy session, too. I mean, I'm not thinking of it as a therapy session, I guess, um, for you, maybe, but uh... (laughs) (laughs) it's a recovery session for you. You yeah. both. I was telling Emma before we recorded that uh, I accidentally long ran at like 1 p.m. So I just finished my long run and I know that if I just like sit down and don't move for an hour, things are going to get really bad for me. So do, do you like, do you usually run, long run in the morning or do you usually wait until later? What does accidentally mean? What, what time are you planning to run? Well, so usually we'd long run at like 10 or 1030 but I woke up at 10 Mm. and then um so also other exciting news that maybe don't include in the podcast because depending on when this is coming out because I want to be the one to break the news you know but a puppy tomorrow so we were like preparing a bit for the pup oh my gosh okay wait that's really exciting when do you know when you're gonna um launch the puppy reveal because this is this is planning to go live on Thursday I mean, honestly, probably tomorrow, because like, how would I not tell that information? I will be overflowing, (laughs) put it out there. Uh, But yeah, I'm getting a miniature dachshund, so a little wiener dog. And (laughs) it's my dream dog. I've been on a wait list for like almost nine months now, so. Oh my gosh. Are you ready for the responsibility of a dog? I don't think so, but I'm throwing myself straight into it. (laughs) honestly like Spencer and I are nervous for this puppy we're like doing research like asking everyone we know for tips because I think like the first few months of having a dog is super pivotal and like how well behaved it's going to be for the rest of its life so we're like we cannot mess this up right now we need we need to we need to focus up yeah a lot of I know a lot of people have gotten dogs and yeah I feel like the first like six months of the dog's you know upbringing in the house really tells a lot for the rest of its life so not to put pressure on you not to scare you just from what I've seen from my point of view possibly scare me more than I'm already scared so I mean like I'm really excited but I'm nervous I'm nervous too so what resources are you using to like learn how to take care of a dog I don't even know where I would start to be honest um okay so Spencer's older sister got a dog like six months ago so we talked to her some and um, David Ribich got a dog last year, so we've been talking to him. Um, and then Carissa's mom. <laughs> and also, like, just going on YouTube, you know, <laughs> do, like, Googling stuff. I, I, I will take everything, you know, so yeah. <laughs> we'll see. So is it, like a, is it a joint dog with you and Spencer, or is it just yours? So it's like technically my dog because I got on the wait list like before we were living together. 
but it's going to be both of ours. Like I'm paying for it, you know, so if there is breakup. But um, don't include that in this podcast, please. Um, (laughs) But like, it's, we're both taking care of it. Like we're going to raise it together I don't know that's so cute it's like the next time in your little relationship oh yeah so I'm I'm excited Spencer is like really excited he loves loves dogs like I think that he will probably get more attached than I do so I mean (laughs) we'll we'll see but he he loves dogs oh my gosh I'm so excited for the dog content I feel like everyone loves when people get dogs too so I need to see a lot of, um, is it a boy or a girl? It's a boy. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them on the story. Yeah. You'll see too much. I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, other than the dog, how have you been? What's, what's new? You've been racing again, which is exciting. I don't even remember when you and Spencer came on the podcast. It was January, maybe. I don't know. It's been a long time. I don't know either. Yeah. Um, I also, when I posted on my story yesterday, I said, this was my third time. I realized it's my fourth. Is it your fourth? <laughs> yeah, because this is my second individual, and then I did two with Spencer, too. Two with Spencer? Didn't we do... No, I think it's only your third. <laughs> only our first one together with you? Yeah, okay. We went on a... We went on Beer Mile twice. Oh. That, okay. You guys are just, like, you know, a hot commodity. <laughs> Everyone wants you on their podcast. People just... um they run out of people and we're just an easy easy (laughs) okay honestly last week one of my guests canceled and I was like oh my goodness what do I do it was literally like Tuesday and I was like who do I ask to be on my podcast this week and I I couldn't think of anything to record for a solo episode so I just hit up Carissa and I'm like Carissa please come on the podcast she's like of course so it is nice when you have friends in the little community because then you can ask people to come on also like very good timing since she just won USA's casually you know yeah exactly and I mean she's only been on she's been on three times now so that was her third so you know I'm starting to I guess I'm starting to run out of people and I'm just now reusing people but also but everyone's lives have changed so much like yours your life has changed especially since the first time that you came on yeah I don't feel like it's a bad thing to like catch up with people like if if the first episode did well people will probably want to listen to the second episode you know yeah exactly so how has life been you're in Seattle you've been racing again how's everything going yeah it's been good uh I feel like the racing has been fun but Portland Track Festival was definitely just like it didn't go as well as I wanted it to I think I'm I either like overestimated the shape I was in or I just like underestimated how like painful a 5k is because I was just immediately like fuck and definitely struggled a bit in that one like just not uh going doomsday in my head you know so that was hard but I feel like other than that things have been really good it's it's fun training and like I'm coaching myself and but I really like coaching so it's fun to like write workouts for myself and do them and like see a progression so that's been going well and I've also been posting a ton on YouTube I finally got in like a rhythm with it and I'm just Mm -hmm. out cranking out the content so it's good I want to get more creative though because I definitely like most of my videos are just like 
12 by 300, six by mile. And it's literally just like the workouts that I do, which people watch it. So I'm like, okay, good. But I do want, I want more out of myself. I mean, it's easy to get comfortable. Like when that's what you do every week is like a workout and then the videos do well. It really is easy to just get comfortable in that routine of posting what does well and what you're already doing. But I do understand like the wanting to get out of your comfort zone. I'm in that same thing right now. I mean, I'm not definitely not posting workout videos of myself, but like the vlogging for me, it's like, I enjoy it and it's easy, but honestly, like not that many people even even, like watching it. So I don't know why I keep posting. (laughs) I'm kind of in my YouTube flop era. Oh my gosh. It's hard not to flop on YouTube. I feel like YouTube is just way more saturated than it used to be. Oh, for sure. Now, I mean, I still watch YouTube, but it's just interesting how much it's changed too from like, I don't know. Vlogging used to be so in and then now it's not anymore. Now it's just a bunch of challenge videos. And I'm like, I don't know if I can, I I don't know if I can do challenges. You know what I mean? But I mean, the running niche is still doing well. Like Spencer's still doing well. You're doing well. Um, And there's a lot of up and comers, but what sparked like the YouTube motivation? You just were like, I have more time now or what? Yeah. So I was uh, assistant coaching at Seattle Pacific University and like spending quite a bit of time doing that I'm a volunteer so it wasn't like actually a job but I was spending like 20 hours a week doing it so it was kind of um so I was doing that and their season ended and so then I had more time and I was like well I'll just like put this time into YouTube and trying to grow my channel because honestly originally when I started YouTube I don't know if it was because I was like with the beast or like the novelty of it or just like YouTube maybe wasn't as saturated at that point, but like, I didn't really have to try and my videos would just go off. Like a lot of them got like 50,000 views and that was really cool. And I enjoyed it a lot, but now it's like, I really have to try a lot harder to get videos to do well and to try to grow my channel, which is fine because I, I like that I have to try because then I'm invested in it way more but it's also like okay I actually have to buckle down and like put time into this and try to do all the little things that like help the algorithm and all of that which I'm not going to pretend I understand the algorithm but sometimes I like to pretend I do <laughs> I oh like trust me I totally understand I mean it was the same with me and like the I mean my Oregon era like the videos just without me even trying just popped off and then same with a lot of my commentary videos that I used to do they pop off but then it's literally the same thing where it's like now <laughs> I don't I don't understand the algorithm at all I mean you just have to like follow the trends and then thumbnails and titles and stuff but then it's like I feel like almost that takes away the fun of it for me where I'm like am I really just trying to clickbait people or like I don't know it, YouTube is an interesting place but and it's like I also don't know what the trends are because like by the time I catch on to a trend it's over I, I, I also agree with that <laughs> I try to look up trends on YouTube like I'm just googling it and and it's like oh like morning routine video and I'm like okay I know for a fact that that has already been oversaturated like I think that was oversaturated in literally like 2018 I think that's like long gone now I'm like that's definitely not a current trend I need a website where I can just type in like trends on YouTube and it just spits them out for me but unless I have that I don't think I'm ever catching on in time I definitely agree with that too, but uh, I don't know. I just need to find like what the next, I don't know. I need to push myself on YouTube. I'm the the exact same way, but I mean, from an outsider's perspective, you're still doing really well on, on YouTube and in running. I mean, 
from an outsider's perspective right now, it looks like you're kind of thriving a bit. Would you agree or would you, what, how do you feel like mentally and everything? I do agree. I'm also like, obviously always going to be the most hard on myself. Um, but Portland Track Festival race kind of got me down a bit just because I thought I was in a better, like, I thought I was in better shape than that. Yeah, but, but what did you run? Like 1540 something? 1526. 1526? Yeah, I know. I, I know. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? But I'm just like, I don't know. The thing is, is I felt like the workouts I was doing were things I had never done before. So I was like, well, I should be able to PR then because like my workouts are better, but it wasn't a PR. So I guess my expectations were just too high and I try to manage them. But then, you know, how in your head, you're like, I'm going to be happy as long as like I do this. But then in the back of your head, there's this little voice. that's like, no, you're not. You're actually going to be happy if you, if you run the fastest time you've ever run that's when you're going to be happy yeah and you try to quiet that voice down but like it's still there and so then when it happens I'm like oh okay this is good but then in the back of my head it's like not good not good enough now is it and that's just where we're at but so that got me down but other than that I feel like things are going really well and I'm feeling really positive and like once I started back and like was doing workouts again I felt really way better about it because I was just like oh this is this is cool because like that wasn't my last race in the season I don't have to end on that note like if I'm not satisfied I can just keep training keep racing and and try to do better yeah because I know I mean when you and Spencer came on whether that was like December or January or whenever that was you weren't even thinking about racing I don't think or you didn't really even know what you were going to be doing I guess what was like the catalyst to you deciding to actually race and why the track too because I mean you have I mean you race on the road not too long ago as well but yeah yeah I I wasn't sure about like racing this entire year so I just I'm trying to be self-aware I guess and that I know because this whole year was kind of like okay I need to really focus on my health both mental and physical. And I know for me that racing and being in like hyper competitive environments can be pretty triggering as far as like eating disorder behaviors, because if things don't go well, I am, I immediately attribute it to like my body or my size or like what I've been eating instead of being like, Oh, what about these like 983 elements of training and, and that could maybe have an influence and so like I just wanted to make sure that I was in a place where it I wouldn't like downward spiral if things didn't go well before I raced um not that I'm like thinking things will go badly but just like I like it just there's always a chance that they do and I needed to know that I would be okay if that happened so I was waiting until then to race and I felt like I was in like workouts were going well and therapy was going well. And I felt like I was, I was ready to start racing again. So I, I did, I, I guess that's the full story. How was like that first race back and what was your mindset going into it? Yeah. So I chose a road race cause, cause it's a little bit more relaxed. I also chose one that isn't like crazy competitive, but has a good field. So I was like, I'll have people to run against, but it's not going to be, you know, U.S. championships. And um, 
regardless of those factors, I was physically ill with how nervous I was. Um, <laughs> oh my god, not, I can imagine. I wasn't actually ill, okay, but like I felt so sick. I was so nervous. Like leading up to the race, I literally like Spencer was there just to cheer because it was a run for women, which he was annoyed about. He's like, "Why is it for women? Why not men too?" And I was like, "I don't know." You know, but um. Anyways, I, like before the race, he was just like walking around, like filming some stuff for me, and I had to like find him. And I was just like, "I need a hug." Oh. <laughs> Allie, you stop freaking out. You're gonna be fine. You're totally fine. And I was like, "Okay, that's not all I need." And then I was good, and I went and raced. But it was, I was definitely like peak level of nervous. <laughs> And then how was it like when you finished? Were you relieved? Was that the road race that you ran? Did you run 15, 40 something? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I saw then. I don't know. I just confused that with the Portland one, but I mean, that's a really good time for the roads too. Yeah. And so it was like, the time was really good on that one, which I was excited about. Um, I probably was more excited by that result than the track, but I think part of that's also because I'd never run roads before. So I didn't have anything to compare it to. And I won. So like, whenever you win, you're like, oh yeah, well, I could have gone faster. I could have gone faster if there was competition. Ahead, you know? (laughs) So yeah, I was excited after the race. It had gone well. I was like, I was just happy that I'd gotten the first race out of the way. And I knew that I wouldn't have to feel quite that nervous before any of my other races because <laughs> it was miserable. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I cannot imagine. And like just more than anything, just the pressure that you put on yourself is what causes like the nervousness. I feel like it's not, it's not like it's outward pressure or anything. It's just like internal. And you just oh, don't yeah. know. It's like the unknown of the rust buster after a long time off. Like I watched your video about running the all out mile and you were like, I'm literally nervous. Like I'm so nervous and there's no reason no one cares what I run. I don't even care what I run. And like, I relate to that because before this race, I was like, it's literally like free hoppers run for women. No one's heard of this, but like, I am freaking out. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm more freaking out because of the pain. I feel like then the result, I've always been that way. Like just feeling that pain of whatever race I'm running makes me more nervous than the actual result most of the time the all-out mile I don't even know why I was so nervous I think because I had too much caffeine and the camera was on me and I just wanted to put on a little show in my hotel room (laughs) that's so funny and run a 618 (laughs) so dramatic but do you more get nervous for like the pain or the result you think I I okay so this is this is how I explain it I'm nervous for the pain if the result is bad Cause like, if it hurts really bad, but I get a great time and I'm happy with it, then like, I don't care. Like I will deal with that pain every day of the week for a good result. But you know, those days where like, you're going so hard, you are deep in the pain cave and it is just not what you wanted. You're nowhere close to what your goal was. And then you're just like, why do I do this? Oh my gosh. When you're you're literally halfway through, you're halfway through a track race and you just it's like you're halfway done and then you just feel so bad and you just know it's gonna go badly and you feel so terrible wow that's so pessimistic but that's like the worst day it's like the worst feeling too and like you know it in the race in the moment and you're just like this is gonna be so hard and I'm not gonna get what I wanted out of it (laughs) okay so days like that like how do you push through day so when I have races like that 
I feel like usually the reason that I keep going is because I think it's good practice. Like even if, even if I don't get the result I want, it's good practice at continuing to push when things are hard, which is like a really applicable skill for those days that you actually do feel good. And then it's like, okay, I'm not just going to run and like feel comfortable just because I feel good. It's like, now I'm going to push to that next level and I'll know how to, because I did it when I was having a tough day. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, I think that's one of the, the big cons about dropping out of a race. Like I really highly recommend against dropping out unless you're like injured or something, because then you get into the habit of not even pushing through that point of pain. Yeah. And like having those really bad days. I feel like you almost need to have them to not, to like be able to like do well on the good days and like keep going through that pain. I don't know. I mean, I think it's the same with workouts. Like, and there's also a difference, like in a workout some days it's like maybe you feel like so bad and you need to modify the workout or do something different but then there's also times when you know that like you're okay to keep going in the workout and it's just going to be really hard but it's fine and I think that's kind of the same with racing it's like okay maybe if you're trying to race and you're like actually sick and this is going to set you back in training and then then it's okay to dnf but if you're just like having a tough day then it makes sense to keep going yeah I definitely agree with that, but I don't know. And the tough days make, make the good days that much better. And I mean, I feel like as people get better at running and you get farther into your career, I feel like the bad, the really bad days become very few and far between just like the really good days are few and far between. It's just like a lot of average races. Would you agree mm-hmm. with that? I kind of would. Cause I was thinking about it and like, I wasn't happy with my 5k, but then I also started thinking, and I was like every 5k I have raced in the last like four years has been within 10 seconds I, exactly so it's it's literally about consistency and yeah honestly you will okay you were really hard on yourself for the portland track festival race but i was like reading through your youtube comments as well i mean everyone is very impressed by you because you've obviously been through a lot over the last year or so um so i think like i don't know being able to get through all that and then still running close to your pr is like very commendable yeah i mean that that part of it is good that's another fun thing about YouTube is people will always hype you up in the comments. Like people, people ask me, how do you deal with internet hate? And I'm like, I deal with it because it's the 1%. 99% of people are so nice. Yeah, exactly. You definitely, there's like so much support on the internet, especially in the running community. It, it is really nice. Um, so that's good. And I'm glad that YouTube isn't positive because I know some YouTube comment sections are cruel, but you don't put out no one no one in the running world really puts out bad content like negative content so there's not gonna be that many haters I don't think not like my workout is controversial yeah exactly no one's putting out controversial stuff today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by none other than Koros I have been wearing my Koros Pace 2 GPS Premium Sport Watch every single time I go for a run. I'm sure you guys are familiar with Koros because a lot of other, you know, pro runners that you probably know use this watch, but the Pace 2 specifically has been the one that I've been rocking with. And let me tell you, this watch, you guys, is the best GPS watch I've ever worn in my entire life. Specifically, for me, it's the battery life. 
I've worn a lot of GPS watches and the battery life on this thing is insane. I can go days without charging it, like probably an entire week without charging the watch, which is just unheard of. Like other GPS watches, you have to charge them every single night. And to be able to go on a trip and not even have to bring your charger or worry about the watch running out of charge is absolutely incredible. It's really easy to use also, and it has a lot of different functions. All you have to do is press two buttons and then you're off and running and they have a bunch of cross training functions too. The watch and the app are both super easy to use and syncing the watch to the app and Strava and everything is really automatic and it's instant. And the watch is just really sleek and stylish. They actually just came out with this one blue steel colorway and it's so cool. I swear like I'm usually a white watch kind of girly but the blue steel I've been rocking with lately because it's just so sleek. I love it and it's just really lightweight. You don't even feel it on your wrist, which is the sign of a good watch because who wants to be bothered by their watch on their wrist when they're running? And the pace too is just incredible in all ways, honestly. Right now you guys can go to koros.com and use code coldbrew for a free accessory with your watch purchase. So you just add the accessory like a band, a charger, a piece of apparel to the cart before checking out and apply the code coldbrew and you get that accessory for free with the watch purchase. Like I said, the Coros Pace 2 is by far my favorite watch. I highly recommend you go check it out. Go to Coros.com and use code coldbrew for that free accessory. The link is in the show notes, so go check it out. Now let's get back into today's episode. What's like next for you? What are you, are you running USAs then? So I got in and I'm trying to decide whether or not to race. Oh my, it's coming in hot, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Is it like this next weekend? But so I didn't think I was in like because I wasn't top 24 with my time, but people scratched. So I got in. I didn't realize this until someone sent me a DM and was like, good luck at USA's. I saw you got in. And I was like, oh, did you? Because I didn't. I didn't know that. <laughs> and so that was uh, two days ago. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> when, do you have to like declare? You probably have to declare, right? No, so I declared because you have to declare to like even be considered I, to get in. Okay. But yeah, I don't know. I could still scratch, but I, yeah, I'm just debating like the pros and cons because I feel like right now I want to do like a longer training block and kind of get ready for later in the summer. Um, and I know that I'm not going to make a team if I go. But at the same time, it's it's always a really cool opportunity to get to race USAs and race the best people in the country. And so I kind of just want to like send it and and just race it just because. But I don't know if it's what's best for my season trajectory overall. I mean, if so, it's, isn't it just one 5K though? Like when you just go there and race once? It, yeah, it's just one 5K. So that's the thing. It's not like nothing it's nothing crazy yeah I feel like that would be a good experience though I mean who am I to say what you should do but I feel like I don't know running at USA's is always good practice too but I mean I understand where you're coming from it's like if you want a longer training block and then you just have to race the U.S. championships in one week um I understand that the hesitation towards that yeah so I don't know the other thing is the puppy is but that doesn't the puppy's not going to influence my decision I shouldn't I'm not (laughs) Well, like, <laughs> because, yeah, um, Spencer will take care of the pup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Throw it on Spencer. You have business to go tend to. Business to attend to. <laughs> yeah. Well, how is it? Okay. So you say that you like coaching yourself. Man, I don't think I could ever do that. 
that's like really impressive to have that internal motivation to go out and like coach yourself and get the workouts done. I feel like I would give up on myself so fast. So how do you not give up on yourself? So I think that the thing for me is that when I do coach myself, I definitely write my workouts and I try to write things that will challenge me. And like, for the most part, they do like my workouts are definitely challenging, but I think that eventually, as long as things continue to go well, I do want to get a coach because a coach is like, it's just insurance that I'm going to be pushed in like every way I need to be. Whereas when I'm coaching myself, I think like, I hate 600s. And I feel like I'm never going to make myself do 600s, but I probably, like, it's probably a good workout to do at some point mm-hmm. and make me do it. But for me, it's like, I just, it's not happening. Like 600s will never be on the docket. And so like, that's, yeah, that's why I'm like, I should probably get a coach at some point, but for now, I think I'm able to like push myself and continue showing up and, and getting good workouts in mainly because I just so appreciative I guess of being able to work out because I was out for so much of the last like basically two years that being able to do track workouts or like running workouts in general just like it it doesn't take motivation for me I'm just like really excited to do it Whereas like convincing myself to do a workout on the bike would definitely take more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Are you comfortable talking about like your recovery stuff on the podcast? We don't have to if you don't want to, but I'm just curious a little bit. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, As soon as I like posted online, I was like, Allie, you just, now you're going to be talking about this now. So it's just- I know, but I mean, it's just a really like interesting perspective that you have. And I feel like I don't know, it's probably would help so many people. And I, I mean, I'm sure it already has from like your point of view, being able to like post, I mean, not being able to, that's not the right term, but like posting it on the internet. I feel like you've probably seen a lot of people, you know, confide in you and just be appreciative of you being so open about it. I mean, I know I am. I mean, I've told you that, but yeah, yeah like I'm curious because, you know, you were out for so long. Did you, when you went into recovery, were you thinking that you were going to be running after or what was like, I guess, what was your headspace with running going into your recovery process? Yeah, I so going into recovery, like, I spent six weeks in partial hospitalization, which is, like, basically just, like, you go for 10 hours a day to this place and, like, you eat all your meals there, and you're, like, in and out of, like, different, like, group and individual therapy sessions all day. And so when I went to my six weeks there, I was like, I'm going for six weeks because at the end of six weeks, it's the Olympic trials and I'm racing the trials and like, that's not debatable. And um, that was kind of like the condition, like Brooks wasn't going to let me race unless I was there. And so like, that's pretty much why I went. Um, So the whole time, like my motivation was always like, I want to be able to run. I don't want to get injured. Like I, I want to be able to do the trials this year. So the whole time I was in recovery, I was definitely of the mentality. Like when I left, I was going to be running, but I think that if I could go back, I probably would have just, so like at that time, my motivation was like entirely like external pressure placed upon me of like, you have to be here or you're not racing. 
but now I think it, it's a lot more internal and that I like really want to recover for myself and for my own well-being and quality of life like moving forward now and for the rest of my life um and so if I were in the same mentality that I am now back then I think I would have like put running way further on the back burner and like not done the trials and just stayed in treatment until like I actually felt completely recovered because I think it was really hard to balance like being uh, an elite athlete and also trying to recover. I mean, it still is, but at that level of intensity for recovery, it was just so much to take on at one time. I mean, first off, you know, I would wake up at 6 a.m. and do my training before I went in at 8.30 and then I was there until like 6 p.m. or even past 6 p.m. And, you know, so it was just a lot of time in the day, basically. But then also my mental capacity for handling like training, doing hard workouts and preparing for the Olympic trials was not as high as it needed to be. Uh, I remember in workouts, just like, just crying and struggling. And like, I was struggling so much to be able to push myself because I just didn't have the mental headspace to get in the zone for workouts. And like, I also had no one to work out with or go on runs with. So that was hard. And then also like going to the Olympic trials, I just remember feeling like overwhelmingly under prepared for them. And not even that, like I hadn't been training, but just in that I wasn't mentally ready to like race basically because all of my mental energy had been going towards recovery and so it was just really hard and it was just like so much at one time and so I kind of wish that I hadn't tried to do the Olympic trials last year I mean it ended up going pretty well so in that way I'm happy about it but I also just like now present me wishes that past me would have just like like fully invested everything into recovery instead of trying to do both because I think it just would have made recovery so much shorter but you know that's just like hindsight and now if I had to choose like oh do I run like race the rest of the summer or just like fully invest in recovery I'm still choosing to do both so yeah (laughs) I wouldn't have done that but you asked me if I saw myself running afterwards. I always saw myself running afterwards, but I think like if I were to give someone advice, I'd say like, just don't worry about running for now and like go back to it later because it's, it's hard to do both. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it's, if you could go back in time, you would tell yourself to like not do the Olympic trials or not focus on the Olympic trials, but like I, how do you think about that in that like headspace that you're in and then the trials are coming up so soon like you don't know until later like down the road that that's what you should have done or maybe that's what you thought that you should have done or whatever so I'm honestly really impressed that you could handle going to like or outpatient is that what it's called inpatient partial hospitalization program I, it makes it 
that makes it sound so much more intense. It sounds like I was hooked up to a tube in like a hospital bed. Yeah. Just not on like, and also I don't want to, I don't want to make it sound like that's like the worst thing that could happen to someone because some people do go through that stage in recovery, but I, that wasn't what I did. It was, it wasn't called outpatient, but like it, in my opinion, it was because it wasn't like I was living there, but I mean, that's just really impressive that you can handle all of that. So I feel like all your feelings with that are valid, like just feeling really overwhelmed. I literally cannot imagine trying to train for the Olympic trials and go through recovery at the same time. So, I mean, I feel like you just have to give yourself credit for that too. Like that's a lot to take on. So I don't know if you like feel hard about yourself or hard on yourself for, you know, maybe running the Olympic trials or like, I don't know not I feel like you just don't give yourself enough credit a lot of the time and yeah I I mean it's one of those things where like looking back at it I don't understand how I did it like I am impressed with myself in the moment I was just like yeah like this I have to do this so like you just adapt and you do it but now looking back I'm like I could never I could never (laughs) yeah okay so then the Olympic trials were over and then what was that process like Well, and so then like the way it works is you can't leave treatment for more than four days and then go back. So Mm -hmm. I couldn't back um, because I like the prelim and the final were like four days apart or something. And so I had to, I had to discharge to do the Olympic trials. And then I was just doing outpatient therapy, like seeing a therapist and dietitian and all of that. Um, And then honestly, like the rest, like the next few weeks after the trials, I was feeling really good. Like workouts were going great. And I was super excited to race the rest of the summer. But then I got injured like just a few weeks after. And that was like the most crushing injury of my life. (laughs) It because I was like so excited. I truly felt like I was going to have a great summer of racing and I was like thriving with everything. And then I just had to take four months off of running and it was kind of like, I did all of this. Like I've been working so hard to recover and to improve my overall health. And then this happens. It's just like, it was all for nothing. Why, why am I even doing this? And I think that that was probably the biggest test I had in like sticking with recovery because I know that sounds counterintuitive. Like if I get injured, it should make me want to recover more. But since I had already been like so wholeheartedly like pursuing recovery at that point, it was like, oh, this isn't going to work. It's not going to do anything for me. I did it and now I'm injured. So I'm in the same place I would have been. And I was frustrated. But I mean, at the end of the day, I, you know, fact checked myself and realized that, you know, six to eight weeks of trying really hard at recovery isn't going to undo however many years I had been like participating in these behaviors. So I, you know, stuck with it, which is good, but it was, that was definitely the biggest, like difficult point to get through. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by one of the products I wear every single day. Gooder. Gooder makes $25 active sunglasses for anyone. They are lightweight, comfortable, don't move when you run, all for only 25 bucks. 
They're no slip, no bounce, all polarized, and all fun. Some may say that they're the best sunglasses ever invented, and I would definitely agree with that because the fact that they're only $25 and they're polarized, what can get better than that? They also have really funny names like $9 pour over and influencers pay double, which, you know, I don't love that one because that's personally, it feels like a personal attack, but I know you'll find a pair that speaks to you. They also have these really, really cool cycling ones, which if you follow me on Instagram or TikTok, you probably saw my reel that I posted not too long ago with them on, but they have these new cycling models. They're $45, but they're seriously incredible and they're so cool looking. The model that I'm talking about is called the Wrap G. My favorite pair of the cycling ones, which I wear for running as well, is the I Do My Own Stunts model. They're black and pink and they're so cute. Oh my gosh, I'm literally obsessed. Big sunglasses are in right now, so you guys can be up with the times like me and go get yourself a pair. Try them out and treat yourself to a pair or two because you guys deserve it. Go to gooder.com, that's G-O-O-D-R.com and get 15% off your entire order when you use code coldbrew at checkout. All orders over 50 bucks get free shipping in the US. That's 15% off with the code coldbrew at www.goodr.com. Look good, run gooder. Now let's get back into today's episode with Allie. I'm curious from like your perspective, because I mean, you're in the elite running world, the pro running world, you've been in it for a while. I guess, what do you think would help, especially like the female running world with like the epidemic of eating disorders? Because I mean, it's so prevalent on any team that you're on, there's more, most likely someone is struggling with like eating habits. What mm -hmm. do you think would like help them, I guess, or do you have any like advice for someone like that's in that situation? Yeah. I mean, that's what I kind of struggle with in like what would make things better because for me, it's like, I always knew it was a problem, but I was like, well, this is what I need to do. You know, I just elite runners. This is what they look like. I need to look like that. And, you know, I'll deal with the problems later. And I think part of me believe like, well, there will never really, I haven't had problems yet. So there nothing really bad will happen to me. And I think way too many people have that mentality of like, just the, I want to be good now immediate gratification mentality and a lot of people see really big success and good results with restricting and like that they have a good season or a good year or even two years but eventually like things start to fall apart your body breaks down you stop seeing results you get injured all of that and people just they don't everyone thinks they're a unicorn. They think it's going to work for them, that nothing bad will happen to them. But it's not a matter of if it's going to happen, it's when. And so I think just like more awareness around that and awareness of how it can like shorten your career and cause a lot of issues is really important to help those people, help everyone. But even that, I just don't know if it'll do it because it's so like ingrained, you know? So I struggle a lot with trying to think of what's helpful. And that's why I've been open. Cause I think that people being honest is open. It, it is helpful, but the biggest thing that would help, I think is if like, if people just 
didn't have eating disorders or like disordered eating and everyone looked way more normal and like way more healthy but I just don't you know and that's also I'm not saying that like everyone that's lean does have eating problems but it's just like there's such like an imbalance of people that of different types of bodies at the top end of running like it's hard to convince yourself you don't need to look a certain way when like 90% of people at that top end do. So it's, yeah, I think if there was like more representation of different body types at the top end, that would help a lot. But it's also like, it's not like you can just cast different people to be on the start. No one's hiring someone to be at the start line of the race. Yeah. It is really hard because it's like, there is no set answer of what you can do to help solve this problem or epidemic. I mean, I would call it basically in the female running world, but yeah, I think, I mean, people like you or just anyone just being more open about their experiences, I feel like is so important. Like I wish people, you know, in college too, would just like have open discussions about it. I mean, like, I think it's more prevalent now that like social media becomes more popular, but when I was back in college, like we were not talking, we barely even talked about like food. Like we didn't talk about anything in terms of like eating disorders. Everything was just kind of like swept under the table all the mm-hmm. time, but I think it's becoming more prevalent now, um, just by being open. So I would say like that, but I like feel the same way as you, where it's like, what is the solution? I don't know. But the yeah. only thing that, you know, you and I can do is share our experiences with like body image stuff and eating disorders. So. Yeah, exactly. And people have like responded so positively to like what you've said online, what I've said online, people are really appreciative of it. And some people are like, you really helped me. I, I, I seeked out help. Um, I'm sure that like people say that to you as well. Uh, but it's, you know, you can only do so much and it's just frustrating because I want to save everyone from like going through this, but it, how do you do it? How, how do I convince people not to go down this road when I couldn't convince myself, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. It's a hard position to be in, but yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's just hard, honestly. And like, yeah, you're dealing with it yourself. So it's like, yeah, how are you going to save everyone else? Like while yeah. you're doing it, there really is no like solution for one person to like be able to save a bunch of other people. But um, I'm curious, like with your uh, body image and stuff, how has that been since recovering? And how have you like, I don't know. I mean, I'm someone that's struggled with body image so much. I'm just curious to hear your perspective. And like my body has changed astronomically over the last couple of years so how how's your body image been and how have you like dealt with the changes of everything body image is definitely like very back and forth and there will be good days and bad days I think for me right now it's um I am not necessarily a huge proponent of like body positivity. I'm more of a proponent of like body neutrality. I can really appreciate like what my body is able to do and being able to run and being able to, you know, like randomly run across the street or like jump in a game of Frisbee and like not feeling like I'm about to break. But I definitely don't always appreciate the way that my body looks. And so I think it's just important for me right now to focus more on its function than its appearance. And that's not to say that I'm not like trying to improve like my love for the way that I look. But right now, I feel like that if I try to focus on that or try to, you know, like 
compliment myself in the mirror like they say to do like it just doesn't go well yeah I mean it almost seems like fake at that point where it's like you're trying to convince yourself I am such a huge proponent of like body neutrality I mean I'm like I have the same issue where it's like I wasn't necessarily loving the way I looked but it was more just like not focusing on the way I looked was just already a huge relief and something that was like so different from my past where it's like I couldn't even take a shower without like feeling extremely bad about myself so I mean I I, like completely understand that point of view like with the body neutrality stuff yeah and that's like it's also I I agree I don't really like having a lot of mirrors around because I don't want to be like constantly looking at myself because once I look at myself, you know that I'm going to like want to pick myself apart. So yeah, I honestly kind of try to avoid mirrors. None of this is sounding very good or positive. No, but I I think it's so valid because I'm the same way. It's like, yeah, I, I would literally avoid mirrors. I would wake up in the morning and instead of going to my mirror, I would just move on with my day. And it's like, yeah, that doesn't sound ideal or like a place that someone wants to be in where you have to avoid a mirror, but if it's going to help you stay positive for the rest of the day and not nitpick yourself, that's a positive thing to me. Yeah, exactly. So I think, I mean, as far as body image goes, it's definitely like a process, but what I kind of try to do is like care less about the way that I look is pretty much all that I'm saying is like, I don't want to focus on that. I just want to focus on what I actually like about my body, which is what it, that it basically just, it enables me to live. Yeah. And that's on. Yeah, exactly. What do you think has been like the biggest help for you? I guess, support system wise. Honestly, Spencer, he's been really awesome. He, he also is like a good role model. Cause he has like a very simple, just like good relationship with food. And so it's really helpful having him around just like knowing that he's there and he'll he'll help me out whenever I need him and having him to like eat with all the time and just like making food seem really simple yeah that I mean that I guess just hanging out with people that have a healthy relationship with food is so crucial during this time period because I mean I was the same way when I left college I was like I just need to be around people that don't think twice about what is going into their body and it is so healthy that way to just kind of like I don't know just like just be a normal person yeah and like honestly after you know being on like a female distance running team in college you know that we were both around so much like disordered eating and eating disorders and honestly it's almost entirely normalized where like that's part of the reason people probably just feel like it's not a problem because all they see is people that have the same problem. And so like not being around that as much definitely helps. Yeah, I agree with that. That's like one of the reasons, I mean, not one of the reasons, but I've just noticed that it's just so different now that I'm not surrounded by, I guess, competitive runners. It's just a very different experience, I guess. And I think it's healthy for me I feel like I'm just in a much better headspace about everything when I'm kind of removed which is like not ideal again it's not ideal it's not why I want to I would love to like I don't I don't even know what I'm saying but I just want to be in a healthy mindset and I feel like just being around people that have healthy relationships with food is so important so I definitely agree with that and I also I started going to therapy last year when I moved back to San Diego for body image specifically um and I think that was really helpful because I was always the person where I was like I don't need help I'm gonna figure everything out on my own 
I'm so bad at asking for help. Like I never do, but I think it got to a point where I was like, I'm really struggling. And then really like going to therapy. That was my first time for real, like committing to something and like paying out of pocket and going every week. That was really helpful. And just like talking to someone that she was, she's not even in the running world, but just really helped me as well. So I recommend that too. Yeah. And I also think like, don't judge a therapist on the first session with them. But if you're not vibing or feeling like you're getting a lot out of it after a month or so, I would say just try a different one because I think therapy can be beneficial for everyone. But like the different therapists like are just going to be more ideal for different people. So just make sure that you have a good fit that it really seems like they understand you and, and how to help you. Yeah, exactly. You kind of have to like try a few I feel like before you find one that you like which is interesting because it's like of course the first time that you go see a therapist you're like I want this to work right away like I want to start when you make that decision to go see a therapist you're like I want to start right away but maybe it's not the right fit but it is worth it in the long run to like find the right fit so I agree with that one bit you know like there could be like so many different therapists that would be helpful but there might be one that isn't I'm just saying like don't give up on therapy if just like one didn't work yeah exactly for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. the one question I really have now is like, what's your goal for running, you know, now and beyond, do you like want to get sponsored again or what's your goal with everything? Yeah. Someone asked me this the other day and I was really struggling to know what the answer was, which I guess I should have thought about more, (laughs) but I would, I would honestly love to get sponsored because I want to be able to just continue to run and train and it's obviously nice having a sponsor just for not having to worry about the financial part of things. But I think that there, it's definitely like, I'm going to be a little bit more picky with the strings that come with that contract this time around. Not that Brooks was bad at all. Like I don't want to throw a dark cloud on them. I think that they're a great company and their contracts are good for athletes, but I just, I don't want to have to like reconfigure my whole life to be able to accept the contract. And so that's a factor. Um, As far as running goals go, I haven't really figured out like what my goals are. I I think it's always just, I want to PR, I want to do better in all of my events, but like having specific races or performances like nailed down for like when I want to perform and where I, I definitely don't have that yet. Yeah. I mean, you definitely, you don't need to or anything. I just, I'm just curious if you had anything in mind, but I mean, I like how you're just going with the flow, you know, and you seem like you're being really intuitive with everything, which is important. I feel like as you're getting back into running and racing and everything. So it's kind of refreshing though, to hear that perspective where it's like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just enjoying it and seeing what happens. So. Yeah. I honestly, I do feel like it's pretty intuitive. Like you're right. I'm just, I'm just going with it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Um, okay. Well, I don't want to keep you for too much longer because you know, I've already had you on the podcast three times. (laughs) Um, 
I had a couple questions though from, from the listeners that we can go over really quick. So okay. someone asked about the mile split video because I know that there was going to be like, what was it like a little documentary or a, just a video that they were shooting of you? What What's the deal with that? Yeah, so actually I just, I got on this podcast before I read the text from mile split, but we're still talking about it. So they made this video. So I flew to Florida for like filming with this. And it's about this uh, high school runner, Carly McNatt, and then Amber Schultz, which you've had, you've had her on your podcast, and me. And basically talking about like the dangers of underfueling, how uh, our own experiences with that, and how it affected our lives and performance and sport and all of that. And the video they they completed the video but then we watched it the night before it was going to be released and all three of us agreed that we didn't want the, the video in its current form to go out to the general public because a huge purpose of it in the first place was to raise awareness and prevent eating disorders and the video they created was incredibly triggering they had they took some of the things that we said out of context and used them to make the video like have a bigger shock factor I guess dramatic yeah more dramatic um and they also like Amber said she was pressured to tell them like what her lowest weight was and like what her lowest calories were and I, I know, I believe her 100% because when I was being interviewed, I felt like they were trying to lead me into like saying those things, but I just wasn't going to because I know for a fact that those sorts of numbers would be triggering for people. Yeah. And it's also something I want out in the world. And so, yeah, anyways, the video they made, I don't think, really fit the purpose they were shooting for so we told them we wanted them to re-edit it yeah so I'm not exactly sure what they're gonna do with it I'm a little bit nervous about the situation interesting okay well I mean good for you guys for standing up because like I mean you guys are all three a huge influence on the running community so I think the video could be really good so I think it's good that you guys did that and it probably took a lot of like I don't know. I'm really bad at confrontation. So I would have a very hard time, like speak. I have a hard time speaking my mind, but it's good that you guys like were able to do that. Yeah. I think that's good. It's for the best. I mean, there were definitely parts of the video that I thought were really well done. And I mean, yeah, my, they, they do a good job getting high quality footage and telling stories, but I didn't feel like they did a good job. Like, it just seemed like they were telling like such a surface level story for all of us. And I think it's just because they were trying to fit so much in a short video, Yeah. but it really seemed to me like they were just like, look, she was this small and now she's not. So she's good now. That's what you have to do. And it's just like, okay, that's like not true at all. Um, It's so much more than that. That's literally like the, just scratching the surface. So yeah hopefully like when they remake it it'll be a little bit more like explanatory of kind of like the deeper parts of eating disorders and eating disorder recovery and stuff but I don't know yeah interesting well we'll stay tuned for whatever happens with that 
Um, hopefully it's all settled eventually. Yeah. <laughs> okay, flip of the switch here. What's the what's your favorite workout? Why <laughs> <laughs> you such a yeah? <laughs> it's been so serious for like the last thirty minutes. So, what's your favorite workout? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I I think my favorite is probably. Yeah, I really struggle to answer this question. So, I would say like tempo miles tempo mile repeats or like something fast like 300s or 200s i'm reason i like both extremes <laughs> yeah that's really extreme and no one says that people either say one or the other like tempo workouts or speed but you're both yeah. but i like them for different reasons because tempo i'm like yeah i like you know you, you really you grind you grind them out you get it done you feel very accomplished afterwards because you were going hard for quite a while. Whereas like the 200s and 300s I enjoy because it's just like, yeah, we're going really fast, but it's like, it, it's not hard for that long. So it's just kind of more fun. Like, I don't know. Yeah, you just rip you just rip the Band-Aid off. And then the 300s are one of my favorite workouts for that same reason. It's like, it's hard, but then you don't really like feel it. until I feel like you don't really feel 300s until you're actually done with them. And then you're like really winded. It's hard for like the last hundred, but yeah, anyone, like a hundred. So yeah. exactly. Okay. Well, again, I don't want to take up too much of your time. So we can, we'll just end it there, but is there anything you want to like plug or anything? I'm so excited to like watch the rest of, uh, you know, your season, how everything goes. I'm sure everyone else is too. So where can people watch it? Uh, my YouTube channel, you know, uh, Ali Ostrander, uh, subscribe, comment on every video, please. Thank you. Um, <laughs> like, comment, subscribe, the usual. Yeah, just the usual. Uh, and then uh, I'm on Instagram, Allie underscore Ostrander. And yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. I do have a TikTok, but uh, I like don't post on TikTok. So I, if you follow me there, you're just like a diehard fan because you will see one post a year probably. I wonder, if, I don't know if I follow you or not. I don't know if I've seen your one post. I'll, I'll follow you after this. Four followers and they're all like creepy old men. So <laughs> someone literally commented on my TikTok today and they're like, you're the same as you were five years ago, but curvier. And I was like, ew. <laughs> and the person I know, it had like five followers and no videos or profile picture. I was like, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I don't know why people think those comments are a good idea I just I really have literally no idea what their thought process I like I truly want to know like who is behind that account like who would go out of their way to comment that it wasn't like it wasn't like a mean comment or anything it was just like an observation and it was like almost like nice at the end like it was I forgot what else they said after I don't know if it was who it was but um yeah I don't know but that was interesting TikTok is an interesting world (laughs) see see what you're getting up to on that platform (laughs) like oh yeah I posted two TikToks one of them it was just Spencer was like because I make TikToks oh wait, yeah I've seen I've seen that I've seen that I think I do follow you okay I make TikToks on private a lot because um like social media is fun and I think TikTok trends are really fun and stuff but like I don't this is weird but I want to have social media that's like I'm doing it just because it's fun and not like with any external pressure on it. So, so much of my TikTok, I just only post on private because I'm like, I had a lot of fun making this, but I don't want to like 
ruin that by posting it and it flops and then I'm like oh it sucks but like I really liked it so I just want to you know have that enjoyment and just keep it there you know that's not weird at all. Are you kidding me? I think about that literally multiple times a week where I'm like, I wish I just had some, some social media account that didn't have any followers because then yeah. it's like, or, or like just my, like people that I know in real life. Cause then it's like, I don't know. It's been so long since I've had that like little intimate community of just my friends or whatever, but yeah. I still like posting on, I still post on TikTok to thousands of people. So Maybe yeah. I should just, you know, actually try and just stick to my friends sometime. Or maybe I'll just make another account and do it for myself, like you. Yeah, I don't know. I think also maybe I just need to be okay and, like, post things and not base their worth off of how they perform online. But that's just a whole other story. I don't think any – I feel like everyone has that issue, so you're not alone in that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, um, thanks again for coming on for the third time. Maybe we'll have you for a fourth. <laughs> Wait, I'm just, I'm counting down the days till I'm back. Till I receive, till you receive the text and be like, hey, you want to come on for an hour and chat? Yeah, yeah. I'll give you okay. some free Craze Foods bars. Oh yeah, those actually are so good. Let me, yeah, you asked if there's anything I want to plug. I'd like to plug Crazed Foods, delicious. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, okay, well, to close out the episode, can we just get a good old peace out, fellas? sure peace out fellas thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode of commas over cold brew i hope you enjoyed it and you enjoyed this entire season of commas over cold brew i can't believe literally i started this like two years over two years ago now that's actually so crazy to me but i appreciate you guys listening to every episode if you guys love the podcast it would mean the world if you rated and reviewed on apple podcasts I know I ask you guys this in every episode, but it seriously helps me so much and it's a free way to support. And I just love, 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 love reading your guys' reviews on Apple Podcasts. It seriously makes my day. Follow us on Instagram at commas over cold brew pod if you want to be up to date on the latest episodes and submit listener questions. Thank you all so much for listening. I will catch you guys two weeks from now in the next season of commas over cold brew. I'm going to go enjoy my little week off and I will catch you all in the next one. Peace out, fellas. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.